0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number seventy-two of Let's Go Racing with David Starkheimer Jones. Here we are so glad to have you with us. We will look back on the weekend that was in Nashville and look ahead to. This weekend at Road America, as David Starr is back with us this week, and we have a loaded show on tap. We'll get to our news and notes segment coming up later on, as well as our Ask David segment at the end of the show. Let's go racing with David Starr. It's presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter came aboard as the primary sponsor this year on David's old Ford Mustang. We want to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck race throughout the season. Visit ticketsmarter.com. That's ticketsmarter.com for more. David Starr joins us right now. David, you were out last week. The uh, world was uh, released to the information that you were under the weather a bit, but nonetheless, uh, you're back. (laughs) Feeling good and uh, with us here this week. So uh, good to have you back with us, David.
1: Man, I'm glad to be back. Uh, man, I'm sorry to miss the show last week, we had our Marty Reed on, great guy, great commentator for years in the NASCAR Camp World Truck Series, w- w- along with the Bush Series back then, Cup cup Racing. But Marty was a great guest and just disappointed I messed it. Uh, got a little bit of the touch of the flu, which was. Uh, when you when you put me down, I can't go to the racetrack. I ain't feeling good. That's tough, man. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I'm glad to have that behind me. Got my energy back, and uh, man, glad to be on on the show with you guys today. So uh, that was that was a tough that was a tough week last week. That's for sure.
0: You know, you guys were giving me a hard time uh, last month when I missed the All Star race at Texas to go to the PGA Championship in Tulsa, and this week I was at Nashville. And you guys didn't show up. And so (laughs) I would say that things have evened out now. I'm the one that made it out, that had a good time Mm -hmm. in Nashville. Dominic, I got to tell you, I kid you not, this was one of the best weekends of my life. Nashville was incredible. This is, how did it take us so long to get a Nashville date on the race calendar? I mean, from everything on Broadway to the music to the atmosphere at the racetrack. I know that Sunday wasn't ideal with all the delays and everything, but Nashville was is just incredible. I I might make this race every year now. This might be my favorite stop, no lie.
2: I've never been. I've been to the city of Nashville a few times, have some really close friends that live in the area, Matt Corson and his fiance. I know you've been out there, Tyler. Got to go see it this year as well, but Never been for a NASCAR race weekend, and it does look like a really good time. The Tootsie's Bar and Grill, that looked like a great time out there. I believe you spent some of the delay there, right, Tyler?
0: Yes. So Tootsie's, which is, I think, the most famous honky-tonk in Nashville, set up their own honky-tonk in the infield at Nashville. It was incredible. Um, And on top of that, Dominic, you'll like this – so, you know, Tootsies, of course, sponsors the Trackhouse team, Daniel Suarez and Roz Chastain. They were selling Trackhouse beer, and it was good.
2: That was beer. So what did it taste like? Give us the details. What was it like? The color, the texture, the taste. You got to tell us all about it. It was like an amber
0: ale of sorts. Okay. Okay. Um, and it came in a can. They had a special design. Uh, I-, I loved it. It, w- it was great. It was one of the many highlights of my weekend. I met... Uh, Gary LaVox from Rascal Flats ran into uh, Bears quarterback Jay Cutler. He was out there, former Bears quarterback. Uh, Brothers Osborne did the uh, pre-race. There was a couple NFL stars out there. Alvin Kamara was there. Derrick Henry, uh, among others. I mean, it was was a great time. Everybody went all out. I I give a lot of credit. I hate that that racetrack is out in the middle of Nowhere relative to the city of Nashville, but nonetheless, Dominic, uh, they put on a show there. I think this is going to become, when you look at the NASCAR calendar from year in and year out, like that is going to be a stop that people circle. Like, I, I got to go to the Nashville race.
2: Well, and it looks like it sounds like it's going to also be a stop for the hashtag Summer of Jones then.
0: Yes. So this is the second straight year that Nashville made the Summer of Jones, but the first time that it did for the race. And, you know, I, I got to say, For an encore presentation for the Summer of Jones stopping in Nashville once again, somehow it was even better than last year. So, David, I I know that you're all in on the Summer of Jones, too. And uh, I got to say, Nashville was great. Wish you were there, though.
1: Man, Nashville's always been my favorite stop. I mean, from the racing standpoint, I'm all about the racing. Uh, the Na- uh, Nashville Fairgrounds, the little half-mile Bull Ring track that's been there forever. So much history there at the Fairgrounds at Nashville Speedway, uh, man. It was awesome to, to race there as long as we did. And then when they built Nashville Super Speedway, I loved that place. Uh, Should have won a race there. It was taking the the white flag and the caution came out and I got beat by the late great Bobby Hamilton. But man, the, just Nashville, the city the energy there, the country music, everybody. I mean, you're on Broadway. You just see all the music stars out and about. And, uh, you know, being a country music lover myself, it's just a a great city with great energy. And, uh, man, last year when we went back to the Nashville Super Speedway, we had a break in action. And I don't know if it was seven, eight years. I don't remember how long it was. And never understood why they took Nashville super speedway off the schedule because it was such a a great stop a great speedway the energy there was incredible but last year when we ran the xfinity there xfinity race there in the cup race man it was unbelievable i you know remember talking to uh, uh kid rock he was there on pit road and got to meet uh pit bull i mean it was just amazing then to hear tyler talk about all the celebrities that were there i mean what a what a you know i'm not surprised the racing was incredible the track's incredible the fans are incredible in that area and all the stars come out and i think i agree with tyler dominic i think that's a race to stay because it's so popular it was popular last year and even more popular the second year around and uh you know, like like Tyler was saying, I think that's a that's a race that everybody's gonna want to attend because there's so much going on.
0: Right. I well, think Tyler, the, you were there too. Thing, I think the one thing that was holding it back from years past of not having a cup date was the fact that Bristol has two races right there in that same state. But Bristol is so far from Nashville, you know, two and a half, three hours that the, the two don't really have to do with each other. And so for me, I think Nashville getting its one date putting it right in the middle of June. I know weather going to cooperate with the rain and everything, but that to me is a, that's going to be a marquee event. That is going to be one that stays on the schedule for a very long time, Uh, whether it's an all-star race or a full-time race, whatever it may be. That one, like, it, it, it amazes me, Dominic, that it took us however many years to figure out Nashville should have a cup race. Of course it should have a cup race.
2: Absolutely. And I'm curious, too, just on your perspective, being there, especially on Sunday with the rain and inclement weather kind of dampening the day, how did that affect from what you saw as far as fans being there, the, the attitude? Did it take away from the presentation of Nashville Super Spirit because of the weather?
0: No, no, not, not at all. Uh, in fact, so during the downtime of the delays, uh, I was at the Tootsie's 10 at one point, had a, had a nice cold one. Uh, there was another point in time I was walking around and I went to go buy a hot dog and somebody just gave it to me and said, here, have it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, that, that NASCAR Southern hospitality would talk about was showing, you know, in, in fact, even one point during the rain delay, the second rain delay, now I was in the, uh, the, the green room, which is, uh, which was one of the, the suite areas. And you know who was there? Denny Amlin was there. Denny was hanging out with us regular folk during the break between the race. And then sure enough, we all get the message that says uh, that uh, drivers have been called back to their cars. like, Oh, and Denny had to rush, get dressed and head to his race car. I mean, that was pretty cool. I I enjoyed all of it. Uh, Dominic uh, Nashville was great and looking forward to what's uh, what's ahead many years uh, there at Nashville super speedway. And, and the result of the race, Chase Elliott getting done. Let's start there, Dom. Um, the Toyotas looked so fast mm-hmm. for the first 250 laps. Kyle, uh, you know, Martin, those guys, Denny Hamlin. It looked like there was still th- their race to lose. And once we went to the nighttime when the track changed after the rain delay, it was a totally different ball game.
2: Yeah, and I think that transition of the track going from day to night, adding more grip, your comers and goers, we've been talking a lot about how that's the theme of the new next-gen car in 2022. Guys starting the race strong, and you see other guys kind of propel at the front at the end. Martin Truex led the most laps. He won the first two stages, and and like you said, Toyota's dominance looked like Truex was going to win his first points-awarding race. 2022 but I think what's impressing me more about this too Tyler you have, you have the late race restart Chase Elliott holds everybody off Kurt Busch finishes second but Chase Elliott picking up his 15th career win he's starting to climb up the wins list and tie and surpass some guys that have won championships and with that 15th win he's tied with Ernie Irvin on the NASCAR all-time cup series wins list 55th all-time Chase Elliott's getting into some really serious territory when you start looking at all these winners and how many times they've won in the cup series
0: well, and besides the wins list, I, I think it's still early to be talking about the wins list with, with Chase Elliott. I don't think that's very important right now. Um, but what I do think is important when it comes to these wins, David, is you know we, we've looked at Chase Elliott of, okay, he's been so good at road courses, or he had that good run in the playoffs a couple of years ago where he went to the championship. You know, we, we won the whole thing. But we haven't seen the consistency per se. And now here we are in, in 2022, he's got two wins, and he's doing it on traditional tracks. I, I know it, it sounds weird to say, but it's true. I think this is the first time in his career that Chase Elliott is actually a threat to win every week. He's This is the first time we've actually seen him show consistency from the beginning of the season, David.
1: Well, I mean, from what I've seen, he, he... To me, he hadn't been as consistent as you thought he would be. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think he's run that great. He's got two wins. And, uh, you know, you think about powerhouse teams, uh, Hendrick Motorsports, you know. uh, You know, I think uh, Chase Elliott this year, you know, he's got two wins already. But it ain't been a consistent. When I think of somebody consistent, strong every week, I think of a Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain's been incredible, consistent week in and week out. And I don't know if I would put Chase Elliott in that category right now. But man, at the end of the day, when when it comes down to the end, they drop that checkered flag. That number nine, that uh, number nine's right there, you know. And uh, man, two wins, Uh, you know. I think they have a lot of momentum. And I think uh, Hendrick Motorsports is starting to figure out this new next-gen car. And I, I really feel like the track house racing has really been the powerhouse of and the big story of 2022 on the cup side. It's been amazing. And I just, uh, you know, I was, I was looking, Kyle Larson, you know, with uh, his crew chief being suspended. Uh, you know, I, th- I don't know. And remember where he ended up at, but um, – you know, he really wasn't a factor all day long. You know, and then and then uh, a couple of the other Hendrick cars knocked, uh, got knocked out. One had a mechanical issue. The other one wrecked.
0: Right, Larson ended up finishing fourth. But I mean, that was the only time he ran out front after right. starting. You know, uh, you know, in, in towards the back a little bit there. But uh, you know, in, in regards to that, with with Chase Elliott leads forty two laps, puts it puts it together at the end. Let's go back to that 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 call at the end of the race, Dom um, Chase before the caution is outpacing Kyle Busch. Uh, he had the faster car. It looked like in that moment and Alan Gustafson makes the call for him to stay out. Kyle Busch comes to pit road, takes two tires. Busch comes back. I believe it was four, What was it? 11th or 12th after the pit stop falls back to 18th. Everyone else took four tires. Chase stays out. He wins the race. Great call by Alan Gustafson. But I don't think it's as bad on Ben Bayshore's part as people think. You can't blame him for the guys that stayed out. You know, I mean, you you never know who's going to stay out. But two, head-to-head, they did not have the car, I think, to beat Chase Elliott. I think their only shot, they went for the win, essentially, with that pit call. It just went the wrong direction for them. I mean, if they went four tires, it wasn't going to matter either. But – I mean, they were trying to give themselves the best position to win. I think they knew they couldn't win head-to-head on no no tires compared to Chase. I know that Ben Bayshore is getting crushed for that, but that's – I mean, it, it was their best shot to, to go for a win. You can't predict how many guards are going to stay out like that.
2: No, and I would love to hear David's perspective on this because they're always talking on the broadcast when a late race caution comes out, how the leader is always a sitting duck. No matter what they do – all the cars or trucks behind them are going to do the opposite of what the leader does or do some sort of scramble or audible on pit road. So I'm curious as a driver, when, when you put yourself in the driver's shoes, you're leading a race and something like that does happen. How much pressure are you feeling? How much anxiety, if you will? I mean, I know a lot of it falls on the driver and the crew chief. I mean, how much is that shared? What kind of pressure are you feeling behind the wheel when that does happen?
1: Lots, lots. Cause you're, you know, you know, it depends on how many laps are left. Uh, You know, you know what your car will do on used tires. You know how it's been handling on used tires. You know how fast you are. And obviously, you know, if you bolt on a set of brand new Goodyear sticker tires, how much faster you're going to be. But it's always, you know, Dominic, you called it a a sitting duck. Because no matter what you do, the guy running second and third is going to do the totally opposite. You know, and it just comes down to how many laps are left. And, uh, you know, I think it was a great call uh, by, uh, by uh, Chase Elliott's crew chief. Alan Gustin. Alan, Alan Gustin did a, a great call because not they knew they had a fast car. But, man, when you bolt on four brand-new Goodyear, uh, Goodyear Eagles, it's unbelievable how much faster you are. But I think what helped them as well is how many other cars there was a buffer there. And there was only five laps to go.
0: Yeah, and, nine other cars stayed out. Yeah,
1: and Chase Elliott's car was really good. Uh, but man, it's hard to, you know, when you, I'm saying really good, but man, brand new stickers compared to used tires, dude, it's night and day, but I think it was a great call. It could have, it could have went either way. If there wasn't a buffer there, uh, there wasn't a buffer in between Chase Elliott and the guys that had taken four tires on. I don't think he could have held them off. It would have been a great race to the end, but I think the tires would have over, uh, would have, would have showed up. But the buffer with the other cars that stayed out gave him a buffer. I think that was really what really helped him win. But man, it's always uh, you're a shoot, you're a sitting duck, man, when you're leading the race and there's costing comes out five, six, seven laps to go. What do you do? Because this guy running second and the guy running third, they're going to do the total opposite of what you're going to do. You know what I mean? And, and you just hope that you and your crew, you and your crew chief, and we've seen it, guys. We've seen it not just this season, last season. You see a guy running your lead said, well, man, I'm coming in. And then second, third, stay out. And then he, you know, finishes seventh or eighth or whatever it may be, and he's mad. But, man, it's just a tough deal. It's exciting, you know, and, uh, man, it's just, sometimes it's a tough call. But this this call Allen Alan made uh, with Chase Elliott, it, it was spot on.
0: Now, what, what about on, on Kyle Busch's side? Ben Shore calling him in to take two tires. They ultimately end up finishing 18th, and they're not up there competing with Chase Elliott. They didn't stay out, and they got blown by by everybody else that took yeah. four tires. Um, I, I I don't fault them for trying to make a move to win the race, but obviously about the worst of circumstances went their direction. I mean, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes, right? Man,
1: hindsight's 2020. I mean, if you just – if you could – see what was going to happen i mean i was really shocked when uh, kyle bush pitted i really because i uh, you know with as many laps that were left which was not many i mean they took the took the green i think with four or five laps to go and how many cars stayed out you know and, and i remember the commentator saying there's so many cars on the lead lap it was interesting to me because i was thinking man You know, when I seen Kyle Busch come pit road, I was shocked. I really thought, you know, he wasn't as good as uh, Chase Elliott, but he, you know, uh, especially in the long run, Chase was putting uh, real estate in between him and Kyle Busch, but, you know, things change when the tires cool off a little bit, you got to restart, you know, like they're going to run 20 more laps or 15 laps. There was only five or six laps at the most and your tires cool off a little bit, I I was really surprised by that move that Kyle Busch and his crew chief decided to do. I was surprised by it because I I really thought that the only shot they had was to do whatever Chase Elliott would do, I thought Kyle Busch should have done. And when Chase didn't come in, I really thought Kyle Busch should have stayed out with Chase, to be
0: honest with you. Okay, Dominic, uh, correct me if I'm wrong in this. I don't have any statistics to back this up, but it seems like, just from an outside perspective, watching this year with this next-gen car, when it comes to restarts, that that leader, you know, he's allowed to have, what, like a half a car link gap at the line, right? That's well, uh,
1: I don't know if it's a half car link, but he's got a cross-start-finish line yeah. leading yeah. the
0: race. It <laughs> has seemed like, for me, and David, feel free, correct me if I'm wrong on this, too, that this year, the one thing with the next-gen like as opposed to that's that's maybe not as great compared to what we've seen in the last car, it seems like that's been a big advantage for whoever is the leader on the restart going into that 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 first turn as opposed to you know in the past, like you, in same situation, for example, that guy that is technically second still could go toe to toe. It seems like that this next gen car has given the, the way that the dynamics work that leader has a distinct advantage more so than he did previously in the old car. Well, I,
1: I think he does because he knows what line works best. You know what I mean? And when you can get in the corner, uh, you know, Chase chose the outside, which was better for him, and it kept his momentum up. And, you know, I, I think Kurt Busch really, uh, you know, had a shot at it. But, man, once once uh, Chase chose the outside – and the restart happened. They they were basically side by side until they went into turn one, and then man, it was the it was the right call on Chase because he pulled away. Uh, so it, there's a lot of variables there on on how all that works. You know, choosing the right lane. I've seen this year. You know, choosing the wrong lane, and then you know some of the second place guy gets a run up on the outside. Next to that, he takes the lead. You know, so it's uh. There's a lot of stuff happening. You got to make the right decisions and Chase and Alan did, did all the right things. But, uh, but it's, it's very interesting. It's fun. Uh, it's not as easy as it looks, uh, making the right decisions, uh, choosing the right lane, and making sure whoever's starting behind you is going to kind of help you some. I mean, there's just a lot of factors, you know. So uh, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to be a competitor and to be in that situation. It's exciting to be a fan and, and to watch it, uh, but man, it just uh, man. We're talking about it. It was exciting, and uh, it all worked out for Chase Elliott.
0: Yeah. Now, as far as the uh, the race of the championship goes, Dominic, we're, we're entering that second half of the season now. Nobody has more than two wins. We have a whole lot of winners, I believe. What is it? Twelve different winners uh, oh so far this year. You know, Chase Elliott getting the second win here. But it it doesn't feel like that there is a clear favorite for this championship. You know, in years past, we could point to about this time of year and maybe narrow it down to two or three names that stand out among the rest. But, I mean, no one has really separated themselves. We talked – we were saying at the beginning of the show here, this is the first time really that Chase Elliott's shown much week-to-week consistency here – But, I mean, would anyone say confidently that he's better than Kyle Larson or Ross Chastain right now? No. I mean, like, you could probably name five or six guys and have a right to name five or six guys without looking like an idiot that you could say are championship contenders right now.
2: Well, I think it's deceiving, too, because if you look at all the columns, all the numbers, Chase Elliott has the second most laps led this season. Ahead of him, William Byron. But Elliott led a lot of those laps at Martinsville where it's easy to pick up laps led if you're the leader. But I got to agree with David when he brought up Ross Chastain and Trackhouse Team Trackhouse and how they have just been able to show raw speed everywhere they have gone. I don't know, Tyler. I feel like Chastain might be our guy right now as we enter these last nine, eight races in the Cup Series regular season. Looks like right now, Chastain, week in and week out, is running in the top five every week, ruffling some feathers, but running certainly towards the front of the pack I mean, I would think William Byron and and maybe Kyle Larson would be names ahead of Chase Aller, or even Ryan Blaney, guys that are picking up stage points every week. And I would say, I'd even take a step further and say maybe even Danny Hamlin is the strongest driver this year. Yet that team, even though they seem to be leading everywhere, they seem to have problems week in and week out. And it seems like they have worked those out the last few weeks, but two wins there as well with the 11 team, not the top tens to show for it but they have been pretty much leading everywhere it goes, and they've led close to 300 laps this year, and, and on varieties of types of racetracks, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, w- with where things at, it's the parity that NASCAR wanted. I know the playoff is still several weeks away, but, but, David, I think we're setting up for one of the most unpredictable playoffs we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's unpredict- unpredictable. The parity is incredible. Uh, but I don't. I don't know. Uh, you know, these teams are working hard every every weekend. Uh, these engineers, these crew chiefs, are figuring out what what their driver needs. They're trying to figure out this next gen car. Uh, I, I want to agree with Dominic. I think right now, uh, Ross Chastain, the track house Racing team, is one that's really, you know, the one that just comes to my mind. That's that's you know that's to me, is favored right now. But I can assure you that with all the team, powerhouse teams, weekend after they practice, qualify, and they run a race, man, they're taking that information, they're learning, uh, they're building kind of the notebook. And I think as we get, you know, next race, two, three, four races, you know, we're going to see some of these powerhouse teams get it figured out, you know. So uh, it's so new for them. Uh, you know, we're not really used to seeing, uh, Hendrick motor stores, not that they're struggling, but not be as dominant as what we're used to seeing over the years, you know, and, and I, and I think it's the, uh, next gen car and, uh, trying to figure it out. And, uh, man, so, you know, I, I don't know, I think maybe our favorite, our favorite, we don't know who our favorite, you know, who's going to be a favorite yet, but I think, you know, the next five, four, five, six, seven races, you know, there'll there'll be one that will pop out and get it figured out. It's, uh, it's, it's just exciting because it seems like, you know, it's like, you can't sit here and say who's really the biggest story of the season. I mean, to me, it's like Dominic says, it's track house racing with uh, Daniel Suarez and, and Ross Chastain. I mean, they've been consistently fast every week. Uh, but, I'm not so sure if we're not going to see two or three or four other teams step up to the plate. I was impressed with uh, the Joe Gibbs cars before, you know, some of the delays, the track temperature changed, the, temp- the weather changed, and they wasn't as dominant as they were. But all four of the Gibbs cars were incredibly were impressive. Martin Truex, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin. I mean, it was just, you know, Christopher Bell was impressed. They were all fast, you know, and – uh you know you can't ever count out that Gibbs organization, and I think they're learning stuff. When when the temperature change and the track temperature cool down, something happened. But let me tell you what, whatever happened and however the cars change, they're, they're they're learning, and uh, I think they're going to be a factor. But it's it's very interesting and uh, it's exciting, and as a fan, it's cool to watch. And uh, man, every weekend's different. So uh, you know, how many winners do we have so far? Twelve. Twelve winners. Yeah. 12 winners, and how many more races we got to the playoffs begin? Nine. Don't how, many? how many? Nine more races. I mean, is it, is it, uh, it, I mean, this might be the first year that we talked about it in the past that we have 16 winners. I
2: mean, it's, it's possible, you know. I think you're right. Well, look, Christopher Bell hasn't won Ryan Bell or Ryan
0: Blaney. Kevin Harvick, Kevin Harvick, hey I mean, Harvick,
2: man, I was
1: impressed with Harvick. Even. Harvick's
0: shown a lot more speed as of late, too. Absolutely, his, his win is coming sooner than later. I think Harvick's oh. going to have to win to get in the playoffs. I mean,
1: there's only what? How many spots are left? Four more spots, yep. and there's nine races. I mean, it's it's uh, man, it's this could be. The first year, we see all sixteen spots, all sixteen winners. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I mean Tyler Reddick, uh, he showed some speed in the you know the first several weeks. He's kind of slowing off a little bit, but can't
1: count him out though.
0: We know that he's still capable of winning. You know, I mean there's there's a number of guys that very well could still get to victory lane, uh, you know, before the year's up. And with that being said, looking ahead to this week at Road America uh dominic another wild card factor of sorts when you know you look at road america this is a track that maybe guys at other places wouldn't have a shot to make it to the playoff but what if let's say a good road racer like michael mcdowell you know is up there or among others uh I mean AJ Allmendinger. AJ Allmendinger. Now, now he he's not full time, but colleague could get in the playoff on owner points with yep. that uh, that's that sixteen car. I mean, there's a whole number of possibilities potentially with uh, with that uh, here with what Road America plays That's a wild card factor between this and uh, we got the Indy Road Course coming up. I mean, there's some opportunities for guys to compete here over the next few weeks that wouldn't be able to otherwise.
2: I think McDowell is a name that goes towards the top of that list. Very, very talented and very underrated road course racer and an excellent super speedway racer. And he's having, statistically speaking, his career year. I mean, yeah, he did but win at last year, but not. he's running better and better every week in that 34 car. Front row Motorsports is picking up stage points in races. That's something we never talked about. Michael McDowell is consistently finishing inside the top 15. I mean, I even look at somebody like Justin Haley, who has run well and shown some really good promise. He's won before, he won at Daytona in 2019. So there's a lot of guys that can make it happen. And like you said, David, we could have 16 winners. Heck, we could have 16 winners going into Daytona. Imagine how crazy Daytona will be. And you bump a winner from the playoff grid. The only sure way to get in the playoffs this year is to have two victories under your belt. And only four guys have that.
0: Amazing. Yeah, it is. And uh, as far as Road America goes, Dom, uh, the laps... You know, experience, I think, is kind of limited here. We've seen it on the Xfinity calendar, but, uh, I mean, we ran ran here last year. Probably not going to come back here after this year. This is going to be a very interesting race, knowing just the, the lack of laps these guys have at this course.
2: Absolutely. I mean, Christopher Bell, I think, is somebody you're going to have to really take a look at. His only Cup Series points win to date came at the Daytona Road Course, and he finished second to Chase Elliott in this race last year. So I look at a lot of these guys, man, they can really go and pounce and have a good chance at winning a cup race. And if it's the last Road America race, we know it's going to be fireworks, not because it's just the 4th of July race weekend either, but because it's going to put on a great show between Xfinity and Cup.
0: David, uh, what, what do you make of Road America? You've been out there before. What man, do you think of that track?
1: Great track, great road course. Love it. So much history there. Uh, when I put my deal together with Bobby Dodder this year, and uh, with Brett Baer and, and uh, Stan Ross with Ticket Smarter, uh, man, uh, when I when I put deal, deal together with Bobby, the road course races, we decided that hey, there's a lot stronger drivers out there, and then you know, and trying to put your sponsors and your team into victory lane felt like. Uh, you know, I'd step by the car for the road races, and uh, man, we have Andy Lowley driving the, driving our 08 Ford Mustang this weekend. It's a friend it's, of the uh, show. Dude, it's unbelievable. Andy Lally, one of the best road course racers in the mm-hmm. country, and uh, man, I'm excited about that. I, I uh, hate to sit out. I mean, I want to be there racing so bad. Obviously, with not racing Nashville, being sick, but Man, it's it about to kill me, but uh, but man, what a great road! Road America is an awesome racetrack, road course track, rich in history. Uh, you win there, you're doing something special. But man, it's going to be a fun weekend to watch uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. I mean, it, it's not going to disappoint. It's going to be a lot of a lot of sparks and fireworks, and man, you know, people bang, 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 beating and banging on each other. It's uh, it's going to be a great weekend of racing at Road America.
0: Yeah, I think so, uh, Dominic. Uh, when when you look at uh, Road America here, what uh, what are you watching for uh, for this race? What what do you think is going to make it exciting?
2: I think what will make it exciting is the race within the race. See who is going to pit first. Who's going to pit right before the stage breaks? And that you know NASCAR sets up the stage racing in the Cup Series and one all the series at the road courses to be where. You want to collect stage points, okay. You might sacrifice the race-winning strategy. So it's going to be interesting to see which guys are going to go for points, which guys are far enough back in the field to be in the middle of stage one where their strategies change. I'm looking for all that. I love seeing how strategy plays out on the road courses. And I think that's something we got to look for. Who's going to pick up the stage points? More importantly, who's going to pick up the stage wins? Or, and the, the race win, excuse me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, that should be good. And, and, uh, and for the July weekend – David, isn't it fitting that 4th of July, we go to road, I know, road <laughs> America. Road that, america
1: That's kind of, kind of cool. we used to being at the firecracker 400 in Daytona beach, Florida, you know, and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's kind of fitting. And, uh, Hey man, uh, if you, if, you know, people are going to see a lot of fire, firecrackers going to be a lot of, a lot of fire and fire, you know, a lot of explosions going on, on the racetrack. Cause it's, uh, Man, it's getting down. These road course races are really good, and, and there's a lot of mad people at the end of them beating and banging on each other. I think we're going to see an exciting weekend of racing uh, at Road America.
0: Dominic, uh, you know, not, not just with his next-gen car, but even going back the last several years, I give NASCAR a lot of credit, not only for adding more road course races, but road course racing has turned into a good product. I think that if you look back, Not too long ago, when road racing was just two races, everybody kind of cringed a bit. Like, oh, great. Here we go. We got to get through Sonoma. We got to get to Watkins Glen. Now, I don't know about you, but when Road America or the Indy Road Course, Watkins Glen, Sonoma, the Roval, and all these different places, when they come on, I get just excited for them as I do... Anything else in the NASCAR schedule? Credit where credit's due for NASCAR figuring out these road courses and putting together a good product here.
2: Well, I think part of that, too, you're right, Tyler. The racing's been so great. I think it lends itself back to the stage racing, too. All the the points that are up for grabs, the race within the race. I feel like I'm always watching that closely. okay, who's going to pit with four to go, three laps to go? That leader's going to pit, and they're going for the race-winning strategy. They're giving up stage points but they're seeing the bigger picture. It's cool to see how the teams will strategize around this. And you'll see some guys pick up stage points that maybe typically wouldn't have, or they can piece together a better run. It's really cool to see all that. And I think that lends itself to the product too. The stage racing, once it began in 2017, NASCAR knew what they were doing, especially with the road courses. And and I think that adds to the, to the level of, of tension and speculation and how's it going to all play out. Because road course racing, I think the last few years has really been great. I do
0: agree with that. David, uh, you want to see more road courses? What do you think of the state of road course racing right <laughs> now? <laughs> well,
1: I mean, it's, it's exciting.
0: No doubt about it. I, uh, man, I
1: love road course racing, you know, but I, uh, man, when you, when you go to Brickyard 400, man, it's just so historical. I'd really rather run on the big track at Indianapolis, you know, and it was interesting when they, when a couple of years ago, they say hey, we're going to run on the Indy road course, you know what I mean? But, uh, but, hey, I think NASCAR, like you guys were saying, they, they've done a great job. It's exciting. The race within the race, like what Dominic's talking about, I mean, the, the road racing races in 2021, 2022 have been over-the-top exciting, especially with, the, with the, the stage point winners and the strategies. It just it makes the race, I don't know, I look back on the road course races in the past, And there wasn't, you know, they were just okay. Now, with everything going on, it makes it more exciting. So I think just the way the the points are laid out, the stage racing is, the strategy of it, it just makes it where it's exciting racing now.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, We'll go ahead and uh, get to our news and notes segment in just one moment. But before we do, Let's Go Racing with David Starr is presented by Ticket Smarter, the official ticket resale marketplace of Worldwide Technology Raceway. They were the presenting sponsor for the cup race there just a couple weeks ago. Fans can get tickets to uh, any type of event in sports, concerts, theater productions. Ticket Smarter is committing to helping those in need by donating $1.00 to every transaction to various charity organizations. Head over to ticketsmarter.com to find tickets to upcoming events. That's ticketsmarter.com for more information there. All right, uh, news and notes time. Uh, Dom, uh, we got an update on Tyler Reddick, I believe. Um, Tyler, well, Tyler Reddick, I, I don't have the news on that, but I
2: do have some news on some signings for you guys. Maybe okay, you have... well,
0: I'll tell you the uh, Tyler Reddick yeah. thing then. Okay, uh... yeah, well, I'll defer <laughs> to you on that one. Yes. So Bob Pockris reported over the weekend that. Uh, Richard Childress Racing is opting in on Tyler Reddick's contract, as expected, and that they're working on a long-term deal, that they want to see him stay, but that other teams are going to be pursuing Tyler Reddick, trying to uh, get him after this year. According to Pocris, it's unlikely that Reddick will be able to leave after this year, that he's pretty much locked into the opt-in from the team option, but that other teams could explore options beyond uh, next season. So Dominic, I'll toss it to you then for <laughs> the follow-up. Uh, we switch there for a second. What do you think? Uh, could you see? Obviously, there's interest. Other teams like Tyler Reddick. Could you see him leaving RCR?
2: Not in the immediate future. Seems like they're on the cusp of winning their first Cup race together. He did win the Xfinity Series title with the team before he made the jump to the Cup Series. I see a lot of potential here with Richard Childress Racing and Tyler Reddick. Hey, you learn something every day. I didn't know this was news, too, so thank you for breaking that to us, Tyler. But this kind of lends in, too, with the other news that's been going on the last few days as well. We know that Ricky Stenhouse is staying put at JTG Doherty Racing. They announced an extension there as well, as well as Martin Shrek's Jr. announcing that he'll be back for at least one more year in the 19 car through 2023. So I always remember, guys, silly season and... For those not familiar with the term silly season, it's always around that time, a few months before the next calendar year where teams start announcing plans, sponsorships, drivers start saying where they're going to be at the next year. I feel like it's getting a little earlier and earlier every year. I don't remember stuff being announced really in June.
0: Well, uh, it it was around June when Dale Earnhardt Jr. announced he was going to Hendrick uh, back in the day. It was around this time. Uh, But, yeah, I I, I see what you mean there, Dominic. Uh, David, your thoughts. Tyler Reddick, you think he? Let's start there. You think he stays at RCR? I mean, I get why a lot of teams would be interested in, in Tyler Reddick. He's been he's been red hot.
1: Man, that that kid is a hell of a race car driver, and I think uh, I don't. I, I mean, knowing Richard Childress, Richard Childress, he's not going to let that kid go. He's got a lot of talent. I think he's a he's a future champion in the sport. Uh, is a champion in the Xfinity Series, but man, I, I would i tell you what, I'd be surprised uh, if, if they let Tyler Reddick go. Lots of talent. We see what he's done so far last year, this year. Uh, the kid can drive a race car. They give him a good race car, and he's going to the front. And, uh, man, he's got a big future in our sport. I don't see Richard Childress Racing letting Tyler
0: Reddick go. Mm-mm. I think, Dominic, uh, with the way that we've seen with this next-gen car, um you know, the first tier is Hendrick, Gibbs, and Penske. But then it's just everyone else after that. I mean, if you're Tyler Reddick, if you're not getting a nice offer from one of those three teams, you're really not going to find a better situation than what you have there at RCR.
2: Yeah, you're not wrong. And I mean, they want to build this program around Tyler Reddick. He's close to winning a cup race. He's made the playoffs. He's shown those flashes of brilliance. And I think you have that chemistry there with the team. They're just going to continue to build on it. And I feel like that that win's coming. We know that win for the eight car is coming. He's going to be one of the next first-time winners in the Cup Series. And it seems like, I don't know, to me, Tyler Reddick and RCR are a match made in heaven for what they have going on. And I could see Tyler making that his home for at least another few seasons.
0: I mean, the, the team that comes to mind is Stuart Haas, right? Because they should be having some openings in the next couple of years. We don't know about Kevin Harvick's future. We know Al Marola is retiring at the end of this year, but – Stuart Haas, as of late, hasn't been any better than RCR has. So, I mean, that doesn't look like much of an improvement right now anyway, as far as that goes, potential options there. Now, the other two that were mentioned, uh, Stenhouse staying at JTG, Martin Truex coming back. Uh, Another year there was retirement speculation on uh, Martin Truex. Uh, I know that there's other factors beyond the racetrack, Uh, when when it comes to family and other things. But we saw Martin running up front last week. He doesn't need to be retiring right now, David. I don't, man. I I mean, I'm, I was shocked to
1: hear, you know, even them, you know, uh, in the garage at the racetracks, you know, a little uh, people talking and rumors about Truex maybe stepping away from the sport. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This guy's a champion. He's on top of his game. I mean, he's a great race car driver with a great organization. I was just, I was shocked when I first heard these rumors you know and and I heard people talking about it but I mean you know is I mean a former champion I mean I don't know is you look at this new next-gen car there's a lot of questions and you know I think Truex might have been frustrated the way the season started and how it was going with the new car but man I think Gibbs, uh, Joe Gibbs racing his own pace to be there at the end uh, and I'm not – I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised to see Martin sign up for another year because I, I think he could be a championship caliper again. I mean, they are a championship caliper organization. You know what I mean? It wouldn't surprise me if we saw Martin Truex Jr. as our 2022 champion. I yeah. mean, that's amazing. <laughs> really you know, it's just a great, great – like you – somebody said a great match, uh, you know – that organization, Martin Truex, with that equipment and everything, I mean, that's that's champion caliber right there. I don't know why anybody would step out of that.
0: Yeah, I, I get it that there's some other things, you know, outside the track, you know, right. uh, when, when it comes to Martin as far as that goes. But but Dominic, for me, I, I look at Martin's career, and it's one of those what-ifs for me because mm-hmm. he, was, he was in such a mess at DEI, a mess at Michael Waltrip Racing, And Furniture Row, I mean, it took a while, but once they got that going, they were great. I mean, in one of those what-ifs, if he would have been at Gibbs his entire career, how many championships would he have? How many races would he have won? I feel like we were deprived. uh, You know, the last six, seven years have been great for Martin, but I feel like he could have been so much more if he would have had so much better support earlier in his career. Well,
2: your point kind of lends into what I was thinking. I would love to hear David's perspective on this. Like you said, Tyler, Truex from day one, 2004, 2005, is top 10 in points, winning cup races. I think we'd be having a different story. But, David, it seems to me, like how Tyler said, we have a guy that we really didn't get to see his full potential until he was given great equipment, and he earned those rides. But – If Truex would have been running great this entire time, would we be looking at a different story? Is it because Truex has been running so well, so late in his career, in the twilight of his career, it's harder to step away as a driver from that perspective? You're winning. You weren't winning so much, but now you're winning and you're running in top-caliber equipment. Does that play a difference in it?
1: Man, I I don't know. It's all about having an organization behind you. He's got Toyota, Joe Gibbs Racing, the best of the best, I mean, you're, just this championship caliper don't get much better than the, the situation Mark Truex, you know, is in. Uh, it, he, you're, you're not going to get much better than that. And to have all that right there in front of you, be a part of all that. I mean, I, I, I see him, I mean, I, to me, you know, obviously a lot of challenges with the new next-gen car, trying to figure out what these cars need to make them go fast. You know, I think Gibbs is, you know, uh, they, they've been learning, but man here of late, they, they've gotten it figured out. I don't know if they have a hundred percent of it figured out, but they're getting close and, uh, man, watching Truex the last four or five races been impressive. That's the old, that's the true i I'm used to seeing, you know? And, uh, you know, if he was questioning, uh, you know, how the new next gen car was driving, it wouldn't, he didn't like it or, you know, they're a little bit behind, I mean, you don't, you know, that organization, they're not, if they're behind, they won't be behind for long, you know what I mean? Right. So uh, I don't know. Um, to me, uh, he's in the best situation. Any race car driver in the world would love to be a part of. And uh, I don't, I, 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 to me, it don't make sense why he would want to retire now or next year. I mean, let's ride this thing as long as we can, as long as he's capable of winning hell, I'm going to stay in there as long as they'll let me stay. I mean, you know. Well, and,
0: and uh, you know, Jake J- Small is a good crew chief, but he's not great like Cole Pern was. You know, Cole Pern was as good as anyone in the business. And we've seen Cole <laughs> Pern come back and help out and, you know, substitute his car chief. Um, I don't know if anyone's talked about this, Dom, but what if for one last run, if Martin only wants to do this a couple more years, What if they could get Cole Pern back on the box and run it back with those two? I mean, I would argue that at the time they were the best driver crew chief duo when they were together. If he could finish his career back with Cole Pern, they might go out next year, win eight or nine races. I mean, that's the difference. You you talk about those pairings, you know, there's certain ones you point to. Keselowski and Paul Wolf when they were together, obviously Jimmy and. And Chad, you know, I mean, some of these others, you know, you, you go back to Jeff and Ray Evernham, Martin Cole were in that elite category together. I'd love to see those two reunite.
2: Yeah. James Small, no, nothing against the work. He's done with the 19 team atop the pit box. He's done a great job, but you're right. There was just something special about Cole Pern and Martin Shrex Jr. working together. And I believe Cole Pern came back in a one race deal to help the team at Sonoma. I'd love to see more of that. I, I agree, Tyler. You pair those two back together, it could be a match made in heaven.
0: Yeah it would be great. What else we got going
2: on, Dom? Well, so broadcast news, looking forward to 2023. This is according to the Sports Business General, Journal. rather. Fox is interested in moving the NASCAR All-Star Race. So we know the NASCAR All-Star Race for a long time ran at Charlotte up until 2019, ran at Bristol in 2020 through the pandemic, and the last two years at David's home track, Texas Motor Speedway. But the network is exploring the idea with NASCAR about possibly moving the All-Star Race to a different location, similar to what the MLB does every year with the all-star game and moving that to a different location. Guys, if that were to happen, what are some prime candidates do you think that would be at the top of that list?
0: So here's, here's something to keep in mind mm-hmm. uh, as far as that goes. Some other factors, um, you know, that's it right now. The all-star race is an SMI race. Mm-hmm. Um, if SMI were to lose the all-star race, then they'd have to pick up a cup date. It had to be like a swap of some sorts, I believe. Um, So with that in mind, there's two ways of looking at that. Uh, Either current SMI tracks or a swap deal of, is there a track that you'd like to see that is a NASCAR-owned track and, you know, trade out with an SMI track or something like that? Um, You know obviously you know if besides all the other factors i think everybody loves the idea david of eldora getting involved in, in hosting the all-star race tony stewart's already put that out there
1: yeah that's awesome i'd hate to see texas lose the all-star race but you know we talked about it before i think the all-star race should move around you know what i mean it's an all-star race and you know I, I and you know one track should have it to for two years or a year and move the all-star race around but not only Eldora, what comes to mind is me is Bristol. Man, I'd love to see the all-star race at the Bristol Motor Speedway. Man, that would be incredible.
0: Yeah, and uh, they put on a good show when they had the all-star race, uh, you know, a couple of years ago and had a good turnout there with the uh, pandemic situation. Don, what comes to mind? What do you, Who do you think would be a good candidate for the all-star race?
2: I think you have to factor in what you said, too, about SMI and wanting to keep the all-star race. That would eliminate a lot of tracks, right? If we know Fox is going to want to keep the all-star race and SMI is going to want to keep the all-star race, that leaves just a few tracks. That would be Las Vegas, Atlanta, Bristol, Texas, Charlotte, Coda, and Sonoma. So maybe one of those. You still have a variety there where you could bounce it around year after year. But yeah, those are the tracks that would come to mind at my shortlist.
0: And there's a couple of uh, SMI tracks that they own that are not on the circuit right now, including North Wilkesboro in Kentucky. Could we see them get involved, you think, Dom?
2: Potentially. actually, I, I think I had seen about a year ago, Kentucky Speedway, as of 2021, was being used to, I think, park a lot of vehicles for dealerships and stuff. Like, brand-new cars were being parked. I don't know if you guys had seen that photo, but it was a bunch of Toyota Tundras, I believe, lined up in the infield, all scattered across the track and the surface. Be nice to be able to see movement on that track and maybe SMI could resurrect it.
0: Yeah. Um what about North Wilkesboro? We've seen some rumblings about uh a return there. Could the All-Star race you think be a good fit, David?
1: Well I you know you know you gotta there's a lot of factors you know and the markets big markets you know and, and uh you know when you think of the all-star race you know just it belongs in a big market you know and, and is excited that I am that they're going to have a late model race at North Wilkesboro. It's coming back, trying to bring the racetrack back so much history there. And I love that. I'm not real sure if, if all-star race really belongs at North Wilkesboro, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, I don't, I don't think the market's big enough, uh, but is not too far out of the Charlotte area. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, it's, uh, I don't know, I just, I think it, it belongs in a big, big market, because it's such a big event with so much money, so much at stake, it's just a lot of hype behind it, right, and uh, I don't know, man, I mean, anything's possible, I mean, who would have ever thought that we'd have saw a NASCAR race at the LA Coliseum, you know, you know what yeah. I'm saying,
0: I mean, so, well, and uh, Fox yeah. was a big part of that, of yeah. the inner workings, you know, Dom, uh, I don't think I'm reading too much into this here, but knowing what, what Fox did uh, you know, they were a big part of putting together the clash and now they're looking at the all-star race and, um, you know, the next TV contract coming up, uh, you know, here soon. I have a feeling that Fox is going to be a big mover and shaker. Like the direction of this sport is not a diss on NBC at all, but I, I feel like Fox is going to kind of lead the way. They're, they're kind of calling the shots for the sport and in the-, the vision of it going forward. They're they're, get- they're making you know, Ben Kennedy and company, their first phone calls to Fox. It's not to anyone else.
2: I, I agree with that. I know ESPN might want to throw their hand in it too. And I think just to even take that a step further, Tyler, and I, I know you have those connections with the networks and, and know people in those inner circles. How likely would we see it where when those – TV contracts do come up, and there's a talk of trying to, to map out the schedule for seven, eight years, that one network might try to throw a bid for the entire season and have it across multiple channels on their platform. Would, could that be a possibility?
0: Well, it, it would be tough because of the NFL factor, especially with Fox's dedication to NFL Sundays, and they just locked up a new contract there. I don't see that happening. Um, but, you know, I, I could very well see one of the things on the football side of things, the Big Ten Conference, for example – Uh, Fox is their number one partner. And for their other TV deals that the Big Ten's negotiating, you have to come to Fox with a presentation of, this is what we want to do for Big Ten football. And Fox is approving the other networks to cover the Big Ten conference. Um, They're going to bring in other partners, but it's going to be with Fox's approval. I could see something happening very similar where Fox gets the – the races they want, and then they divvy out and say, all right, CBS or NBC or C- or ESPN, you're getting this next batch after that. That could very well be something that happens there. Uh, Dom, anything else on the uh, news and notes front, or do we need to pick winners for Road America?
2: We need to pick for winners for Road America. <laughs> all right,
0: Dom, you go ahead first.
2: I'm going to go with Christopher Bell to get it done. I think Christopher gets his second career win, and – It's going to come on the road course this weekend, and he becomes not a lock, but almost a virtual lock for the playoffs as the 13th winner.
0: Okay. David, who's your pick for Road America?
1: Road America, to me, is going to be Chase Elliott. You know, after winning last week at Nashville, that momentum, and momentum's big for any racing team, and I feel like uh, we'll see Chase Elliott and Victor Lane at Road America.
0: We talked a lot about trackouts earlier. I'm going to Ross Chastain to uh, get it done. His second road course win. Third win overall of uh, 2022. So, there you have it. Our uh, Ask David segment coming up in just one moment. But before we do, let's go. Racing is presented by Ticket Smarter. Ticket Smarter, Kevin Board's primary sponsor this year. And David's 08 Ford Mustang. We will to tell you a little bit more about what they do. Ticket Smarter is a national ticket resale marketplace with tickets to over 125,000 live events, including NASCAR and other forms of motorsports. Fans can get tickets to every NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck race throughout the season. Visit TicketSmarter.com more that's ticketsmarter.com all right uh time for our ask david segment we ask you to submit questions to us on facebook twitter and by email facebook.com slash david star podcast twitter at star podcast and by email david star podcast at gmail.com our first question in the inbox this week is from brody brody wants to know david how do you become a nascar driver and how much does it cost (laughs) There's an inside joke with this question. <laughs> Dominic, I'll let you answer that one, buddy.
2: <laughs> um, my son's on the way, and I'm going to groom him to be – no, I'm not going to groom him to be a race car Oh, wait, right,
0: wait. You just gave the news. You, you have a son coming?
2: Yeah, our, our son, Felice, and I, we did a general party, right? So I think we announced on the show last week that – We were expecting. We announced the baby's coming. So our baby boy is going to be here in November. Christopher is going to be here. Congratulations. You named your kid after
0: Christopher Bell. You couldn't find a better racer than that?
2: (laughs) I went for Jeffrey. I really like the name Jeffrey, but I got shot down
0: on that. You didn't name your kid Dale?
2: No Dale. No Dale either. Or David. (laughs) Those names all got shot down, guys. Even Edward. There were some names we threw out. But to answer that question, I'm sure if my son wants to pursue racing, David, I'm going to find out really quick how expensive it is. (laughs)
1: Yeah, man. Well, hey, man, you know, whoever wants to pursue it, you got to have a lot of want to, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's an awesome sport. We, you know, we've been good to all of us. And, uh, you know, if you want to, you know, want to race, you know, like I said, there's racing all over the United States. Go to your local dirt track, asphalt track, get involved uh, know the rules. I mean, Hey, get involved, go racing, man. Let's, uh, we need all the racers and, uh, you know, we uh, add another racer is be awesome, you know, but, uh, but yeah, just, uh, I can't think of a a better way to spend your weekends, you know, at a a racetrack somewhere. So, uh, good luck to you.
0: (laughs) David, is it a lot harder to become a racer now than it was before?
1: Man, I, I absolutely, it is, you know, I, uh, you know, the same, you know, everything applies. You, you got to really be engaged with the chassis stuff. You got to be a great race car driver. Uh, you know, you got to learn how to race, know how to race. I mean, everything's the same, but, you know, the sad part about, you know, a sport we love so much, uh, and, and we hear about it weekend and week out, and we talk a lot about it, is uh, funding, you know, and you look at the different drivers that I race against, and, and then the Cup Series, Truck Series, just, you know if if you know a lot of the racers you got to have sponsors you got to have funding you got to have money you know and and there's a lot of great great race car drivers across the united states that may not ever get that opportunity because they don't have the big funding behind them you know what i mean so what track house has done with Justin Marks and and pitbull to to give uh uh Ross Chastain and uh, uh Uh, Daniel Daniel, Suarez, Suarez, uh, opportunities to drive great race car drivers with bringing no funding is amazing. And I love that because other race car drivers that that aren't in NASCAR yet, you know, I hope one day uh, it pays off for them, for their dedication, passion for the sport, winning races and just loving it will one day get the opportunity to race in NASCAR as a professional and not just because they don't have money or they do have
0: money. So, uh, but yes, it is harder, Tyler. Okay. Okay. Very good to know. Uh, another question uh, from the inbox, this one comes from Peggy. Peggy wants to know, David, with this weekend being the 4th of July, what do you love most about America?
1: <laughs> well, I just, man, I, I, I love that holiday. We're usually in Daytona racing, celebrating, uh, you know, just celebrating the 4th of July, just, it's awesome, the fireworks, the people going to the lake, the parks, it's, it's just celebrating, uh, you know, our country, you know what I mean, and, uh, and I love it, I mean, us guys, we're usually in Daytona, uh, celebrating a great race, and uh, the, the fireworks show after the race, but, uh, but man, I, I love the country that we live in, we're, we're proud Americans, and, uh It's awesome that the whole United States celebrates the 4th of July like we do, whether you're at a racetrack, a ballpark, or at the park with your family or on the lake with every ball, your friends and family. It's just uh, I love everything. I love what it stands for. We're proud Americans, and, uh, you know, I'll be shooting off some fireworks myself this weekend. It'll be a lot of fun.
0: Uh, Dominic, uh, you're much of a firework guy?
2: No, I don't trust myself. I feel like I'll blow off. A finger, I know my limits. I, I like to test things and I'd probably take it too far. So no fireworks. I'd rather go watch them and probably the inner cheap guy in me. But I, I just think you're watching the fireworks go up and you're burning up your own money. I'd rather watch somebody else burn up their own money. What, what do you love most about this country, Dominic? Man, I love the freedoms we have. I think those are something that I don't know. I think I mean, we get a little complacent with them, but all the men and women that sacrifice so much so that we can do like what we're doing here. We have this racing show that we get to do every week. We get to interact with NASCAR fans. We get to go and cover a sport that we have a lot of passion for. You know, that's possible without the people that have served our country. So that's where I think my mind goes, especially on a weekend like this, knowing the people that have given that sacrifice, as they say, right, all gave some, but some gave all. So I really think about that when it comes to the 4th of July weekend. And, And that's what I love about our country is. You, you want to do what you want in this country, put in the hard work, might catch a lucky break here and there. You can really do whatever you want in your life. It's entirely about up to you on how much work ethic you want to put in. Like David said with the question on wanting to become a race car driver, it really is entirely up to you. How about you, Tal? I'm going to flip that on you.
0: You know, for me, I think about this. Um, there, if you, you don't have to go very far to turn on your phone and see a lot of people complaining about a lot of different things, right? And I don't need to go to specifics. People uh, have their outrage about a lot of different things. Um, and yet even with all that outrage or even with all the problems and some very serious issues, I'm not you know, downplaying that at all. Our worst days still are worried. still way better than most places. Mm-hmm. Uh, our worst days are still what would be the best days almost anywhere else. That. And so that, for me, you know, and and all that takes that goes in into that, you know, whether it's our, you know, the the people that have fought for us to, to have that right or, you know, everything that's been, the g- groundwork that's been laid for us to be at this point, that's, to me, is what I think of, you know, this Fourth of July weekend, you know, and, and just how grateful I am for, for what we get to have for this life that we all get to live, you know, in this great country. You know, that's what comes to mind to me, Dominic. Yeah,
2: there, there's just so much to be grateful to live in this country, and and you're right. There's just there's so many pe- so many people that have it way worse and way harder than than what we have. So I think there's a lot to be thankful for, a lot to count the lucky stars for because we
0: we really do have it pretty good here. Yeah, we do. Absolutely, we do. Uh, Dominic, uh, we were going to be joined by uh, Jeff Green this week, but uh, a little uh, flight complications with him. But uh, we'll be hearing from him again in the future, I'm sure. Jeff
2: will be joining the show at a later date. We did have to reschedule. I know we teased that on social media, so the winners that did say correctly on Twitter and Facebook, you will get your prize, so make sure to message us on the page, and and we'll let you know if you did win. So yes, Jeff Green, 2001 NASCAR Xfinity Series champion, was supposed to join us. Got delayed at the airport. We were in contact. He's really sorry he couldn't be here, but told him we'd reschedule, so not a problem. So he will be here hopefully in the coming weeks. But next week, we do have a really cool guest. David, I don't know if you know him. Tyler and I have known this guy quite a bit of time, and he's kind of become taking the NASCAR stage by storm on the media side. Davey Siegel will be joining us on the show next week.
0: Yeah, and Davey uh, has done an incredible job covering NASCAR home tracks for a long time. um, And... Uh, you know, he, he's doing work with, with Sirius XM now and, and, and every, you know, a lot of stuff. I mean, he's been all over the place doing a great job. Uh, david's is a great friend and we'll look forward to uh, chatting with him uh, next week. Before we go real quick around the room, uh, David, what are you up to, uh, this week? Uh, you're, you're off, but, uh, I'm sure you, you still got plenty going on. Oh, no doubt about Be glued to the
1: television, watching my car. Uh, watching Andy Lally get after it, Road America, man, I'm excited about that, he's uh, one of the best road racers out there, so I'll be glued to the television, but uh, headed down to Galveston, Texas with my family, uh, to enjoy a a little uh, R&R, enjoy the beach, and uh, have a great time with my family and my boys, but we'll be glued watching the NASCAR races this weekend, so um, that's what we're doing, we're going down to the beach to enjoy it, and uh, Enjoy the holiday, and uh, man, it's uh, it's going to be a great weekend of racing as well. So,
0: how about you?
2: I'll be spending it here in Grants. I'm going to get to see Felice this weekend, so we'll have a great time out here. And family's out of state, so I'll be here in Grants. It's going to be a good time, and yeah. They left me behind, guys. I went to New York to go visit the rest of the family. So do no, love it, <laughs> I know. Right. So she's in Santa Fe. She'll be here later on in the week. So I'm spending the time in Grants and getting to catch up on things here around town. So be a nice little week. It'll be weird not having the immediate family around, but they're all going to be in New York with my grandma's extended family that we found through Ancestry for the first time. So there's there's a lot to be thankful for this fourth of July. And I'm glad they're getting to go spend time up there.
0: How about you, Tyler? Going back home? Uh, no, the the summer of Jones is on a bye week this week. <laughs> oh, it's a bye week. Yes, uh, taking a little little pause. Uh, gonna enjoy uh, the holiday in Dallas. Uh, it should be good. Uh, hang out with friends down here, and then uh, next week uh, back on the road. Uh, the summer of Jones continues in uh, my old home of Kansas City next week. So uh, enjoy the uh, couple days here and then we're back on the road again next week so look forward to that and uh should be a lot of fun there so on that note we will put the checker flag out on this episode of let's go racing with david star as always subscribe to the show new episodes out each and every wednesday on apple spotify google Podcasts, and youtube leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all also check us out on youtube and hit that like button uh if you haven't already and uh, also, uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Star Podcast, slash David Star and my email, David Star Podcast. For David Star and Dominic Gargan. I'm Tyler Jones. Thanks a lot. It's been another to See you next week.